Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. And welcome back, you lucky devil you. What a weekend we have in store for you. Fred Willard, the great character actor. Well, I guess he's almost like an A-list actor now. He's worked his way from character to A-list in my heart. (laughs) Good for him. He is joining us today. He is heading to San Francisco to judge the Canine Film Festival. Details on the way. He's on that sitcom. What is that? Uh, uh, back to you. With Kelsey Grammer. Yes. I believe they're on a writer's strike right now. But they'll be back to you. Also today, Donnie's mother. We talked about Donnie last week. Donnie is this dog that lines his toys up in geometric shapes. Isn't that amazing? Lines. Puts them in uh, categories. Categories, yes, by certain types of animal, stuffed animals. And his mother, or his guardian, as you might say, uh, will be joining us explaining how that whole thing came together. Also, if you know how many teeth your dog has, or the average canine, that could win you value prizes. What kind of prizes, yeah. <laughs> What was that? Value prizes. Let's go to the phones. one 405 Hi, who's this? This is Mike. Hey, Mike, how you doing? Well, pretty good. Where are you calling from? Ah, uh, town Pennsylvania, right in the center of the state. Oh, very, very good. Thank you very much for listening. What can we do for you today? Well, we have a pair of Cocker Spaniels, Wiley and Lucy. And they're brother and sister. They're out of the same litter, just about two and a half years old now. And Wiley is sort of, they've been in the closet since day one. And he's get, getting more and more timid as he rides. He actually sits in the back seat and he starts to shake and he and he starts to pant. Oh, so and, Wiley, Wiley is having a little trouble traveling, is what you're saying? Yes, and he actually he's a little bit has a little bit of anxieties with with everything. He seems to be very jumpy when it comes to uh, if you were to rattle a piece of paper or something. But that's not quite as bad as the part of traveling because we take them with us all the time. They're they're with us twenty four seven. Well, you probably have to start back at square one to get them used to riding in the car. I would do some sessions where you get him in the car, give him a treat, sit in there with him for a few minutes, and then get him right back out. And do this a few times, maybe start the car while he's in it, and then turn off the car, and then maybe do short trips around the block. Uh, maybe take him to you know happy places, fun places like a dog park, just short trips and bring him back and get him used to the car. There's also pheromone spray, pheromone sprays that you can actually spray in the car that will help calm him. And also plug them in at home. You said he was a little bit edgy all around, not just in the car. Is that correct? Yes. There's a plug-in you can actually plug into your home, which is a pheromone uh, scent that you can't smell, but they can, which will calm him. You can get a spray. You can spray it around his collar. You can spray it in the car to help calm him. But I would do short little trips, get him in the car with some treats, and just kind of get him used to it again. And, of course, uh, if Wiley, if this behavior, he just became edgy all of a sudden out of the blue, it might be a good idea just to go by the vets and make sure everything's doing well, well, internally. Yeah, it didn't sort of happen just, I mean, he's always been a little bit edgy. In fact, as I say, I mean, he's in the car probably every day at least, oh, you know, four or five times. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's gotten to the point now where he is actually hesitant to come out of the house to even get into the car. What do you think he's associating it with? Do you go to the back? I, I had no idea when, when we picked him up. 
day one. I mean, we brought them home in the car. He's been in the, he's been in the car almost every day. And we noticed that when we took a, a, a long trip in the car, we actually went to the vet and explained the situation. And he gave us, a, a, you know, something to help him sleep. And he would sleep. That was back when he was probably less than a year old. And short trips, he seemed to be okay, but he was never totally comfortable. But it seems to be getting worse now than what it than what it was before. Yeah. On these long trips, how often do you stop with him? Uh, regularly. I mean, you know, they're our whole life, so we stop any time that. Uh, I mean, we certainly don't go any any distance that would make him uncomfortable as far as going to the bathroom or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Judy's right on. You need to uh, reassociate good times with the car maybe it was a past trip that he just hated and he remembers that because let me tell you they don't they don't forget anything well when he was up the only traumatic thing that's ever happened uh i mean as i say we're with him all the time they're never alone and he uh we had him stayed he had a problem apparently the vet uh, made a bad cut or did something that was, and he was very uncomfortable for probably about two or three weeks until we got to another vet and got everything straightened out. And I mean, he was in a, a lot of pain and he seemed to be, you know, that was definitely a traumatic experience for him at that time. Mm-hmm. But other than that, he's never had anything in the car. Like I say, he's in there continuously all the time. The name of the spray that you said? Yeah, that's uh, Comfort Zone. It actually comes in two different kinds of forms. Uh, DAP, dog appeasing pheromone, is another name that you might find it under. It comes in both a spray as well as a plug-in that you can use around the house if you have very anxious dogs. What, what does it do? It mimics uh, mama? It, yeah, what it does is you can't smell it, but it mi- mimics a lactating mother dog. And your dog smells this and remembers the time when it was, you know, nursing the mother when things were calm and peaceful. And it calms the dogs once they smell that scent. Now, it has about a 50-50 percent. You, you ask uh, uh, one out of two people will say, one person will say it doesn't work, one person will say it works. We've had about the same results here at the Animal Radio Studios with felines and using that. Uh, again, your veterinarian might have some other suggestions, uh, whether it's uh, herbal remedies or, like Wiley got before, the medicines to help them sleep. Other than that, the vet should make sure that there's nothing underlying happening that uh, makes him just edgy at the moment right now. i got to tell you, when I was a kid, I went to the hospital for a root canal, and I didn't get back to the hospital for another 10 years because I was afraid of going back to the hospital. Perhaps that uh, traumatic event that you just mentioned earlier is still in his mind, so retraining him, letting him know that it's okay, going to fun places, and sometimes not even going anywhere, just getting in the car and offering Wiley a treat. I think that might work. Out. As soon as we, we, you know, we basically have tried that. We take him, what we call his field. We take him. It's about a mile from our house. We take him mm-hmm. to the field and take him out so he can run, and you know, try and get him excited about going over there. Uh, he refuses to eat once he once he's in the car. He won't. He won't take a treat. Uh, if you start the car, he definitely won't. He just sort of just starts to shake all over. Now, when he goes to the field, he has a lot of fun, right? Mm-hmm. He doesn't. Oh, yeah, yeah. When, he, when he sees it in the car, does he get excited? Very, very rarely will he even sit up in the back seat and look out the window. Mm-hmm. On occasion, he will, but uh, no. When he gets there, as soon as we arrive, he's excited, and he and Lucy have a great time. But uh, even when we get back in there, he's hesitant to do it. And it's not far from her house; not more than two blocks. How big is the car? Uh, Can you put a crate in there? 
something that uh, that you can bring in and out of the house that he can enjoy in the house, and you can put some toys and make it smell like him. And then when he goes in there, he feels comfortable going in there. Uh, yeah, we're actually in the car business, so we ride in different cars a lot. But the main, our main car, our main vehicle, we would be able to do something like that. Yeah, just uh, or bring along a blanket or something familiar with from home, and just let him know that it's okay. I'm going to ask around. I'm going to find out. Because okay, I appreciate that. Well, we we do take a blanket. We we always get the blanket that they sleep on and uh, put that in the back seat, so that you know he would. We thought that would help too. That it would be comforting to him. But he he just doesn't seem to uh, relax. And as I say, he seems to be getting worse than uh, in the last month or so. Mm. He's got to the point now where if he knows we're going in the car, he just turns around and goes back into the house. <laughs> He's got your number. <laughs> yes, he does. More ways than one. <laughs> well, we'll do some more research as soon as we get off the phone here and see if we can help you any further with Wiley. If okay. You, if you'll hold on for one second. Mike, we appreciate your call. call. Calling from Lewistown. What is the station out there again? What is that? Uh, it's WKVA. WKVA. Yes. Very good. Lewistown State College, State College, Pennsylvania, right? Well, we're in Lewistown, Pennsylvania. We're about 30 miles east of State College. We're right right in the center of Pennsylvania. Did you get snow? Any snow on the ground? Not much. Ah. We just, just had uh, a lot of ice and, and messes, but we haven't had any real snowstorms this year. I think we're sending some your way. <laughs> So hang on. Okay. <laughs> hold on one well, second. You, you can keep that one. <laughs> uh, okay, hold on one second. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at animalradio.com. Log on. Learn more. This is an Animal Radio News Update made possible by the Simple Solution Natural line of 100% biodegradable pet care products. You know the saying, dogs are man's best friend? Not true. I'm Hal Abrams. According to a recently released pet census from the American Veterinary Medical Association, cats still greatly outnumber dogs as pets, with 82 million felines, up from 71 million in 2001. How many dogs in the U.S.? 72 million. Now, our total pet population has reached a record high of just over 282 million pets. Nearly 60% of all homes in the U.S. have one pet, bets you do. And 21% of homes have five or more. Now, Maine has the highest percentage of homes in which people are sharing their lives with kitty cats. And what state do you think has the highest percentage of dog owners? That would be Wyoming. Birds are the third most popular pet. And although the number of bird-owning homes has declined, the actual number of pet birds has increased from 10 million in 2001 to 11 million. Coming in after our feathered friends, 6 million pet rabbits, 2 million pet turtles, and 1 million pet hamsters. We love our animals. Get more breaking animal radio news at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update, brought to you by the Simple Solution Natural line of 100% biodegradable pet care products. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. Does that pesky pet stain keep reappearing after you've cleaned it with a household cleaner? Try Simple Solution Stain and Odor Remover. Simple Solution is formulated specifically for pet stain and odors. The unique enzyme and probacteria formula breaks down the glue-like proteins in pet urine, then absorb all the leftover particles, leaving your carpet completely free of harmful residue. So no more magical reappearing acts or pets returning to the area. 
Simple Solution products are available at pet specialty stores nationwide. Did you know that dogs can get worm infections just by eating grass and that those same parasites can also infect humans? Protect your dog and your family by deworming your dog twice a year with Safeguard Canine Dewormer. For more information, visit www.safe-guard.com. That's S-A-F-E-G-U-A-R-D.com. Angel's Eyes Tear Stain Eliminator, the first tear stain product to be formulated for dogs and cats. Angel's Eyes is a permanent solution to tear stains working from the inside out. Angel's Eyes is added to your pet's food or water, preventing the stain before it can begin. Angel's Eyes is perfectly safe to use. It is made in the USA of USA ingredients containing no dyes or wheat. Angel's Eyes is 100% guaranteed when used as directed. See for yourself. Go to www.angeleyesonline.com and check out the results. Angel's Eyes will have your pet going from tear to clear in no time at all. At Onesto Organics, we believe in whole foods for the whole animal. All of our human-grade organic pet foods are unrefined and dehydrated to preserve vital nutrients. Our veggie hides for dogs are delicious, nutritious, and completely free of grain, gluten, corn, and soy. Onesto Organics, we're all about healthful goodness for your pet. Honestly, nothing less will do. Check us out at www.onestoorganics.com. Pet Expo is coming to the Greater Reading Expo Center. All your favorite pets under one roof. Dogs, cats, birds, reptiles, horses, ferrets, and pot-bellied pigs. Hey, cat lovers, don't miss the AACE Cat Show. You like large cats? How about a 400-pound Bengal tiger? Or marvel at the high-flying performance dogs. Watch the rare and ancient breed dog show. See the rainforest reptile shows. And kids, enjoy the petting zoo and pony rides. Check out the great show prices on pet products and accessories. It's all at the Pet Expo at the Greater Reading Expo Center. Bring the whole family. Hey, you want to keep a secret from your dog? It's the new fish sticks from Canine Caviar. They're good for your dog's teeth, gums, and also his achy joints. And fish sticks from Canine Caviar are 100% natural, completely digestible, and contain no chemical preservatives, additives, or fillers, and they're low in calories. But don't tell your dog that. All they care about is that they taste good. Get your dog fish sticks at CanineCaviar.com. That's www.CanineCaviar.com. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. We are back in Las Vegas with Dr. Debbie White, Animal Radio's resident vet. And I figure, you know, who better to ask the questions than the vets that we use ourselves, huh? They're, they're the vets that we trust, and we impart their information on to you. Now, you've probably heard about uh, all of the legislation from Los Angeles to New York to make spaying and neutering your pet mandatory. The same thing is happening right here in Las Vegas. Absolutely. We recently had the North Las Vegas uh, community pass a law mandating that all pets, all dogs and cats over the age of four months of age have to be spayed and neutered. Now, why is this good? Well, it's good because we know that pet overpopulation is a huge problem. And this is one step that we can take to try to curb the countless unwanted pets in our uh, shelters and communities. Right now, you, when you go to a shelter, the, the animals usually spayed or neutered anyway. Uh, but this applies to animals that you may have already, and this law has passed right here in Las Vegas. It Northern has. Las Vegas. It's passed. And the reason it's so important is because pet owners that currently have pets are going to be mandated to get them spayed and neutered. And they're not going to come door to door and come knocking just to make sure everybody's spayed and neutered. But if they do come to your neighborhood for a noise violation, a barking complaint, they can come to your home and then cite you. Now you say that 
that the age is mandatory by four months of age. Now, I've always heard that you should wait till your pet is at least six months, but yet I've heard other stories where people are actually spaying them earlier than that. What is the proper age? What is the best age to have your pet spayed or neutered? Well, that's a great question, and nobody really knows the answer to that. Uh, customarily, it's been six months has been the age at which most people recommend spaying and neutering because that's the age when they're sexually mature. However, we know that it's so important to get pets spayed and neutered at all, and that's why early spay neutering comes into play before they go into the homes and before we can have that accidental oops litter uh, when they reach that first heat. How early is too early? What's the earliest age you can spay or neuter? Well, the AVMA approves early spay-neuter at eight weeks of age. Um, So most of it is a careful patient selection, making sure they're not too small, that they're in good health. And that isn't one of the big concerns with early spay-neuter is that we haven't maybe finished all of their vaccination series. So there could be an uh, increased risk of uh, infectious disease. Oh, really? Okay. Then you have those that say, I want my pet to go through their first cycle before they, they get spayed. That's a myth. That's an old myth. They don't have to. It does nothing to change the pet's personality. Um, so it's actually best for most dogs to get them spayed before they go into heat. There may be a few exceptions if they have some vaginal problems, some infections where we might delay it after a heat cycle. But for, for the average pet, yes, spaying and neutering before six months is um, ideal. So I suppose with this new law, there are exceptions for dogs that aren't healthy, that might have other health problems, where spay and neutering is not an option at the current time? Mm-hmm, absolutely. And they do have um, health exemptions that uh, veterinarians can exempt certain animals from um, being spayed at that age. Um, and likewise, um, for people who pay the extra fees and go through the licensing for uh, breeders' permits, they can have exceptions. But, um, yeah, this is creating a lot of um, controversy in our community, a lot of people being mandated to do something they didn't want to do at a certain age. You know, I've heard stories. I mean, a lot of people want to breed their animals. Some people say, well, this is such a special animal. I want to make sure my friends have it and give it to my family. So I want to make sure that this dog goes on, that this isn't the last one. You know, and I hear that all the time, and everyone loves their pet. They have special qualities, but I could guarantee you, you go to a shelter today, you will find pure breeds, um, healthy, wonderful pets that are looking for good homes. So this is certainly one important step in mandatory spay-neuter, but I don't think it's the, the sole solution. We really need to look at other community-wide programs to help decrease pet overpopulation. Is this new legislation sort of backfiring in a way? You said it's not really fixing the problem, but are there people that are reluctant to bring their pets into? be spayed and neutered simply because they can't afford it. Well, that that would be a concern in any given day is that, you know, we want families to be able to afford the services for spaying and neutering. And we hope that this law maybe will bring them into the clinic and get those services done for their pet's health benefit because we can't forget that spaying and neutering is best for our pet's health. So let me get this straight. The law has passed. So if you're listening in the Las Vegas area or the northern Las Vegas area, I was unaware that they've actually split it up like that. But if you're listening in the northern Las Vegas area, you have pets that have not been spayed or neutered. You're actually violating the law right now. Is that correct? That's correct. And and hopefully people will get the word, um, understand not only for their pet's health benefit, but also to be compliant that it's an important step to take. And there's so many health benefits for spaying and neutering. We can't forget as a community what differences that plays in a community uh, decreases straying potential, bite potential. So um, spaying and neutering does have community benefits as well. Can't it also reduce some kinds of cancers? 
Absolutely. We see a decrease in mammary cancers. And in fact, if a, a female dog is spayed before she goes into heat, we can almost make that risk zero for mammary cancer. For other cancers such as uterine cancer, ovarian cancer, and males, all the uh, reproductive cancers, yes, it definitely decreases those potentials. Personality-wise, um, most pets that are spayed and neutered make better pets, get along better with other people, and we see less fighting potential. In the Las Vegas area, is there a, is there a low-budget Spain? Is there, a, let's say you, you're like me, you're a DJ, you don't make a lot of money, and you have a lot of animals. Is there a place you can take your animals to get them spayed? Well, I would first direct anybody to call their veterinarian to discuss what the options are. But yes, there are um, shelters that do help and assist, um, but I think we're going to be looking for more programs that are going to help support people when they're faced with a mandatory spay-neuter law. And that's something that I think this community in particular will be challenged by. We're with Dr. Debbie White in Las Vegas. There's more Animal Radio on the way. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. The Animal Minute is brought to you by Urinoff, the number one vet-recommended urine odor and stain remover. To purchase, visit www.urinoff.com. You're not finally something that works. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. It's pretty common knowledge that some college students have more than studying on their minds. But even with all that monkeying around, you'd think that students at Duke University would be smarter than a monkey. A recent study at Duke pitted two female monkeys against 14 college students. Both were asked to solve math problems. They were shown two sets of dots on flashcards, which they had to mentally add. The humans were not allowed to count or verbalize as they worked. Surprisingly, the monkeys did about as well as the college students. Their research pointed to the importance of language in helping humans solve more advanced calculations. Now both teams were paid for their efforts. The college students received $10. And the monkeys? Well, they got their favorite drink, Kool-Aid. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. There's lots of reasons to need a urine odor and stain remover. Your dog's afraid of thunderstorms. Cat hates being alone. You've moved into a new house. But there's only one reason to buy Urinoff, because it actually works. Urinoff's high-performance formula gets to the source of the problem and removes it permanently, even cat urine. Many odor removers claim to work, but thousands of loyal Urinoff customers, even vets, swear by it. If urine odor is a problem in your home, reach for Urinoff, the odor remover that actually works. Available exclusively at www.urinoff.com or your local vet. Coming up. Another animal lover, Fred Willard. The great actor Fred Willard is joining us. He's judging a contest in San Francisco. It's a film contest, a canine film. Canine, yeah, film festival. And if you're with us next hour, Just Shoot Me's Wendy Malik joins us. Now, coming up next, we're going to talk to the guardian of Donnie. We spoke about him last week. He's the dog that lines up his toys in shapes and categories and lines. Really quite genius. That's all on the way right here on Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. If there was only one vitamin supplement you could take, what do you think it should be? 
green tea. Green tea is widely known as one of the most powerful antioxidants in the world. Green tea has been used in China as a medicine for over 4,000 years. And taking green tea has been researched and is well documented to help lower cholesterol, reduce the risk of cancer, help with weight loss, and even slow down arthritis. Of course, results may vary and you should always consult your healthcare professional before taking any supplement. But you should add this powerful antioxidant green tea to your daily diet. And if you call now to order and buy two months, we'll give you the third month for free. Your order comes with a money-back guarantee. So call now. 800-819-8315. 800-819-8315. Call right now. Buy two months of green tea and get one free. 800-819-8315 or visit airtimestore.com. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. Last week, we were talking about a very special dog, Donnie, who lines his toys up, his plush toys, Mm -hmm. in groups, in shapes, in geometric shapes, and lines, and uh, in categories. Wow. It's a little hard to grasp. Not sure if it was an obsessive-compulsive disorder or genius dog. I wanted to get Donnie's mother guardian on the phone uh, to find out exactly what the scoop is about Donnie. We have Carol Young joining us. Hi, Carol. How are you? I'm doing pretty good, thank you. Okay, so your dog is lining up toys in the backyard. (laughs) When this first happened, what did you think? Well, there's... um Really, there's an awful lot to this story, a lot more than what was on National Geographic. Well, tell us. Um, I adopted Donnie about four years ago, uh-huh. and I found him on the Internet. I had just lost my Doberman of 11 years to cancer. Mm. And when Donnie arrived at my house, he was terrified of everybody. And he, he was just particularly scared of men, and he didn't want anybody to touch his back. And he didn't know how to go up steps. He wasn't housebroken, and it was quite a period of adjustment for both of us. Traumatic. How, how old was Donnie at that time? About four. Okay. They're guessing he's about eight now. Mm-hmm. And I guess it took maybe six to nine months for us to really, really start to gel. And during that time, I would buy him some toys to play with, and I noticed he really enjoyed the squeaky toys. Uh-huh. So he had maybe 20 at the time. <laughs> and... This was as, as we started to really, really bond. I went out one morning to pick up his toys, and I noticed that they were arranged in two parallel lines, wow. equally, equally spaced. Now, how many toys are there that, that we're talking about right now? Uh, for the first arrangement, there was about 20. He, he now has about 150. Okay, so you walked out in the backyard to get him, and you saw uh, 20 toys lined up. In two parallel lines, and the toys were spaced almost perfectly uh, perfect distance from each other. So did you think a neighbor was yeah, playing a trick on you? Well, no, I didn't, um, but I was really very, very surprised at what I saw. I live pretty far out in the country, and I have two acres, and my land land is fenced. And so I couldn't really imagine anybody, you know, coming in with a Doberman. Yes. I mean, Do- Donnie's extremely friendly, but most people wouldn't have known that. Right. So I figured that he had done it, but I just wasn't... It wasn't registering the fact that he actually had done it. And I left him there for quite a while, and he didn't move them. And I took pictures, and I then finally just kind of tucked it in the back of my brain and didn't, you know, didn't think about it much uh-huh. anymore. Until in December, 
I went out back and I noticed it, he had done a complete half circle with bones. And they, they also were equally spaced. <laughs> so at this point, I was really, you know, I figured he was doing it. And I thought it was extremely unusual. You figured he was doing that. Because if that happened to me, I would think someone was messing with me. Well, I would normally think that, except not where I live. Uh-huh. You know, it just didn't make sense. There aren't really any kids around here. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, you know, I know my neighbors, but I don't interact with them much. So I just couldn't imagine that somebody would be doing this on purpose. Now, were you going to keep this to yourself, or were you going to tell? <laughs> well, I, no, I told my friends, and they all came over, and you know, they looked at it. And I didn't move them for a long time, and yeah, everybody was just like, "What?" <laughs> you know, it was really pretty amazing. So, what did you think was going on? I, I really didn't know. I really, really didn't know. You never actually witnessed him doing this? Not at that point. Later on, I did. Um, at that point, I would come out, you know, and look and see. Now I would start to go out and look and see what was what he was doing. <laughs> and I also was buying more toys to see, you know, how he would, you know, react to more toys, what he uh-huh. might do. And he started doing, like, triangles all over the yard. But they weren't just triangles. They were, like, uh, all of the same species, all frogs. But, all frogs. But different manufacturers. Different size frogs, different color frogs, but all frogs. <laughs> or all monkeys. And they all had to either be face up or face down. <laughs> oh, gosh. And he was doing squares. He was doing trapezoids. He was doing on the deck and on the, the uh, patio and in the yard. And then one day, see, he, he was really, really a Velcro dog. He really would stick by me at this mm-hmm. point. And he would not stay out in the backyard unless he knew that he could come in and check on my whereabouts. Uh-huh. And I worked out of the home, so I, if I had shut the door to the deck, he would just sit there by the door and cry. Yeah. So I got these um, screens that he could open and they closed with magnets so that he could come in and out at will. And that solved that problem. So he would go outside for maybe 10 minutes knowing that he could come back in and check on me. Okay. And, he, and he would. Well, then he started bringing the toys inside and just sitting there waiting for me to look at him. And then he would kind of indicate, follow me. And I would. And he would go out and keep looking over his shoulder to make sure that I was coming. Uh-huh. And then he would go and place the toy in the last spot of a particular arrangement. Wow, the last one. The last spot. And then just look at me. I would <laughs> praise him and praise him. And I would go get the camera and take a picture. And ultimately, he would just sit there and wait for me to bring the camera out. And he would pose for the picture. So he wanted to make sure you were there when he finished them. Yes. He was He was showing me what he was doing, making sure that I knew that he was doing it. And at this point, then, I was just totally blown away. <laughs> so I decided to go online and see if I could find somebody in the animal behaviors, the behavioral department. Uh-huh. That might be able to shed some light or at least somebody that might be interested in, you know, coming and see what he does. Weren't you afraid that they might laugh at you? Oh, I was totally, I totally <laughs> believed that they would, and I think most of them did. <laughs> but in order to get somebody's attention, I figured I'd have to come across at least as intelligent, thoughtful, and very detailed. And I didn't get any responses from anybody <laughs> until maybe about three months later. And that was Dr. Barbara Smuts from the University of Michigan. So I contacted her, and initially she thought I was making it up. But when we got on the phone and started talking, I think she finally believed that at least I believed this was happening. 
not necessarily that it was happening, but that I believed that it was. And she was making arrangements to come out and stay a week at my house in January. Well, on November 30th of 2006, Donnie had a little cough, and I thought he had something. I thought he was choking on something. Mm -hmm. So I took him right up to the vet. And she immediately diagnosed. She knew right away that it was congestive heart failure. Oh, because no. it's extremely common in the Doberman breed. And said that he probably only had about six weeks to live. Yeah. Oh, no. And so I called Barbara Smuts and I told her that if she wanted to come and meet Donnie, she probably had to come a lot sooner than she was planning. Mm -hmm. So she actually came out two weeks later. And, of course, this was 14 months ago, and he's still very much with us. Barbara came out, and she, she did spend some time. She spent a week, and she brought a colleague with her. And what they did was they mounted uh, infrared cameras around my house, around the back of my house, mm -hmm. um, because he did not really do this in front of people, per se, because if you walked outside and he was doing it, he'd lose interest in what he was doing, and he would come and want some attention. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. So he really had to be observed by the cameras when nobody was out there with him. And the cameras did indeed show him oh, lining these toys. Absolutely. We got some unbelievable video. I mean, when he would come out and he'd put a toy down and he'd look at it and he'd look all around the deck. He'd back up, he'd circle it, look around it again, bend down, pick it up, move it six inches, and then go back inside into the porch and get another toy. Wow. Um, I think I had mentioned that he did not want me to touch his back for a long time. Yes, you did. Uh, when we were sleeping together, I always wanted to put my arm around him, and he still was a little fearful of that. And finally, one night, he just kind of snuggled his back up next to me, and I put my arm around him, and he just took a big sigh, and you could just kind of tell that he was just releasing all that tension. The next day, he went out, and he made an arrangement where a teddy bear was face down with its arm over a frog. And then on the other side was a dog with its arm around, I can't remember what animal, but in the middle, which is probably maybe a foot, you know, on either side, was a cat all by itself. The cat didn't have anybody. So, so you're saying uh, that he put the arm around? He recreated, and he's done that many times since. With, with, wow. Uh, and it just, you know, totally, was just, now this is a whole new level. And he started lining his toys up, holding hands. And I think that he's doing that because I take care of my profoundly retarded brother, and I hold his hand everywhere I go. Sure, he's seen that. He has like a, a big octopus, and he tucked a little monkey inside and wrapped the tentacles around it to, to hold it. The tenderness and emotion that he's expressing with his toys is just mind-boggling. Oh, it's amazing. Do you think that it is, uh, that Donnie is a genius? Do you think he is obsessive-compulsive? Do you what, what is your evaluation of what's happening here? Well, I think a lot of factors came into play. Number one, he's very intelligent. Mm -hmm. Number two, I'm with him almost all the time, mm -hmm. so that I was able to notice these things and encourage them. And he had the opportunity, and he had the animals, and, and I bought him more, and he had the yard, and he, and he would get my attention in doing it. But that's all I can you know, say. His motive, I think he's just expressing himself. 
give a big old hug from all of us here at Animal Radio, okay? I will do that. Now, after your story aired on National Geographic and in replay, a lot of phone calls came into Dr. Smuts. Other dogs that may or may not be doing this, but lots of reports. We don't know how many of them are actually valid reports, right. uh, of course. We were encouraging listeners, if your animal does this, if your dog or cat does this, we want to hear from you at one 405 Carol Young joining us, the mother of Donnie the dog that lines up toys and geometric shapes. If you want to learn more and see pictures, head on over to AnimalRadio.com. Pretty astonishing dog there, Donnie. Isn't he amazing? Hi, who's this? Hi, my name is Jerry. Hi, Jerry. How are you doing? I'm well, thank you. Where I'm are you in Long from? Beach. I'm in Long Beach, California. Long Beach, California, listening on coast. Do you have an animal that lines up toys? Yes, I do. He was a little cocker spaniel uh-huh. that we rescued from a, a rest stop. We don't know if he was abandoned or he was so avid and so full of life. I've got a feeling he found a scent and, and ended up too far away for the family to find. I think uh-huh. he probably just wound up that way. But when we brought him home um, and thought him out, poor wee thing was frozen, his whole little under, you know, the long hair. Uh-huh. So we brought him home and thought him out and got him a lovely little bed for in front of the fire and little dog toys. And each morning he would get up and line up his little toys right uh, in front of the um, his bed and he would check on them during the day and then at night we would say okay put your toys away and he would go put them away in the little box he had and in the morning he would get up and line them all up again <laughs> did you uh, did you teach him to do this i i said for him put your toys away and point it to the box and the- he would lift one at a time and go put it over there okay let's go night night i mean he was just unbelievable like, you know, when he would speak to get a treat, I would always say, say please, and he would speak. So, I mean, I, I, I think there probably was some motion in there that he got the gist kind of thing, but it was just really funny the way I, we would say, put your toys away, and he would start and do it. <laughs> Did you think that that was normal behavior for an animal? Yes, because yes, it's the first dog I ever had. I thought they all did that. <laughs> so listening to your show, when I heard how excited everybody was about the dog Dobermans lining up their toys, I thought, well, my dog did that every day. So, I mean, I thought that was just par for the course. I think that's a genius dog. I think they're all smart. In fact, I think they all can speak English. They just know better. (laughs) My dog was bilingual because she liked tacos, too. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Well, hold on a second. Do you still have him? Is he still around? No. My little mousy went away two years ago. Do you have any pets now? Uh, No. Okay. Uh, Well, then we'll send you a (laughs) book. How's that sound? That'd be great. Okay. Hold on one second. Thanks for listening to Animal Radio. Oh, anytime. My pleasure. Thank you. Fred Willard on the way. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Hey, this is Sean Hayes on Animal Radio. Remember to spay and neuter your pets. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. I believe we have actor Fred Willard on line two. Hello, Fred. Hello, how are you? Uh, Very well, Fred Willard joining us, ladies and gentlemen, believe it or not. Well, now, how are you doing today? Well, pretty good, pretty good. It's a little gloomy here in Los Angeles, but it's a nice change. It's been, uh, we've had a very hot summer. Uh-huh. I understand that uh, you're going to be heading up to San Francisco for the big canine film festival. Is that what they're calling that? That's, I think that's what it is, yes. I guess it's a festival of, uh, well, it would be a festival of uh, films about dogs. 
All dogs, okay. I think so. Well, what do you know about it? I see that you are affiliated with it in one way or another. Well, I know uh, I, uh, Jane Lynch and myself are going to go up, and I don't know if we're going to be judges or just present the film Best in Show, uh -huh. which is a Christopher Guest movie, which is pretty much about dogs. It's a classic. It's like one of those movies that uh, it's a must-see movie. Well, you know, when I was doing it, I would t tell people, you know, they'd say, what's the latest Christopher Guest? And I'd tell them about it. And everybody got so excited. At, oh, we never missed the, uh, the, the the dog show, the Westminster Dog Show on TV. I wasn't even aware that it was on TV. I knew they had one every year. Uh -huh. And it's amazing how many people I talk to that not only, of course, have dogs, but actually show dogs. Uh -huh. So it's uh, a much richer vein than, than you would think. It's one of those movies you can't just see once. You have to see it at least yeah. twice. Well, that's the way with most of Christopher's movies, because they run about 85, 86 minutes. And the, the, the funny lines or situations come very quick. We were just in Toronto and saw the uh, For Your Consideration, the latest one. And, uh, you know, you get done there, and I went home and I started thinking about different scenes. And a lot of actors who just are on screen for like for 30 seconds but score very heavily. And I say, i got to go back and, and, and watch what they did again. So it's, <laughs> it's like an all-star lineup of, uh, you know, gags and jokes and, and, and interesting characters and uh, plot turns. So it's... Uh, it's, his movies are a lot of fun that way. Well, now I see you're doing another movie. Uh, I believe it's a movie, Cattail, or are you doing a voiceover on that? What What is that? I don't know anything about that. Is it, does it have another title? <laughs> I'm just looking at your biography here. It says a two Cattail. Cattail. I, I, I may be, but I, I'm not... Uh... Wait, you're working more than uh, anybody should be allowed to work. Well, <laughs> it seems that way. <laughs> you know, but when you look at, up at other people, you say, oh, wait a minute, why aren't I doing this? Uh, why aren't I doing that? But no, I'm very happy the things I've been uh, a asked to do. Well, I see you on Leno a lot. Yeah, that's always fun. Uh-huh. Well, no, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to say, uh, if you don't know Jay, he is exactly what he seems like on TV. Just a blue-collar, no-nonsense guy. Uh, when you do those things, he is. there's two things I've learned about him, although I've known him for years. One, he's very generous. When you start to say something funny, he'll hang back. But there's no way you're going to have the last laugh or the oh, last no. joke. No. I'll come in with what I think is a zinger, and he'll come right back on top of it. And uh, <laughs> there's nothing you can do about it. You're an animal lover, right? I do love animals. That may sound hypocritical because I don't have animals, although we've had uh, these uh, homeless cats... Uh, that we've been feeding for about the last eight years. We set out cat food. They're the type that, you know, they you get within a certain radar distance. They, they'll look at you, and you take one more step, and they'll turn and run. <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. So you can't pet them. You can't hold them. And I feel very bad when it's cold out and raining. I, I want to go over and pick them up and bring them and put them on the porch, but uh, I don't know where they go to. Yeah. We... They, they go somewhere. They, they'll perch on our porch or on the top of a car or under a car, and it's, it's always different. Well, uh, and I understand that you don't have any animals because you travel a lot, obviously. Well, you're, that's you're another thing. I love dogs, but um, they're tough to, um, uh, you know, tough to take care of. They, they, they need a lot of love and care. Uh, I'm allergic to cats, oh, which no. didn't stop my daughter from getting two cats at her house. Uh -huh. uh, but she puts one of these air filters in the house, so it doesn't bother me that much. Uh -huh. Yeah, I, I hear those work very well, and everybody has. They uh, do. I wish I knew. I wish I knew the brand. We could get an endorsement in here. <laughs> the check will be in the mail. Oh dear Lord! It's the uh, uh, the Willard Air Freshener. Well, send a check, and we'll deliver. There'll be six to eight years lapse in delivery. Now, someone just told me that you have a birthday uh, coming up. Oh, who keeps track of those? But it's Monday. 
Happy Monday birthday. the 18th, whatever the 18th is. And yeah. I'm registered here in L.A. at the 99-cent store in, on North Lancashire. Oh, good. So it'll be right right there yeah, within it, my budget. Yeah, in the men's casual wear and also um, housewares department. I need a little three-foot step ladder. You're one of those people, you always look the same. I mean, you, 10 years goes by, 20 years goes by, you, there's no gray hair, you, you always look hot. So what's well, the... well... <laughs> okay, there's a little gray hair, but you go. What you do? You put a little dye in there. You go to the, the hair guy. Say, you know, you try to walk in very macho, and when you get in the hair, no, no, I want a little streak here and a little bit, a little conditioner. No, 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 not a, a little curl, a little highlight. And then you walk out. Hey, man, how you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Oh. Well, we're here with Fred Willard. He's going to be at the first annual K9 Film Festival. I understand Joanne Worley will be there. Uh... Oh, she, you know what? She's hosting the, uh, uh, I think the, oh, I'm not, the transvestite or crossdressers. <laughs> Wait a second, I'm getting word. What, Mara? Drag queen. Oh, the drag queen. Uh -huh. And that is a complete hoot. And I, I would imagine there might be a couple uh, coming on as Joanne Worley. <laughs> We've, we've been friends with her for years, and sure. she is just a pip. She's just wonderful. Well, didn't you work with her a long time ago? I No, I we met her socially, and then I worked with her in Chicago in a show called Call Me Madam. Uh -huh. And she become, we just had a party at our house for her. She turned 40-something, mm, uh, <laughs> but she walked into the house at full blast. Hello! Uh, and from there, it's just Joanne's party, and she's uh, she's just great. Well, wow. she'll be there, too. If you want to pick up information, you're in the San Francisco area, head on over to AnimalRadio.com. We'll put all the information What date there. is that? And I'm not being it's funny. It's 7th and 8th at Castro Theater. Oh, great. And I love we love San Francisco, so it's a great opportunity to get up there. And uh, is Lexi O'Doul still open? I, I believe so. Please. I love that place. I mean, it's uh, that old. I'm a big baseball fan. All those old baseball pictures. <laughs> you get the good gigs. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Should we be looking for you in anything here soon? we got a movie hovering around out there called I Can Never Be Your Woman. I think it's coming out just before Valentine's Day, but I'm uh, in it with Paul Rudd and um, Michelle Pfeiffer, which is a big... Uh, Big claim for my me to be working with uh, well, Michelle Pfeiffer. So you know what's happening to you is you're not a character actor anymore. You're going to the A-list, buddy. That's right, man. And nobody else knows it, but I know it and you know it. <laughs> yes, and now everybody knows it. Great. Fred Willard on Animal Radio, thank you so much for joining us today. Nice talking to you. Hold on one second, okay? Okay. Uh, fun animal over there. We're, we're out of time for this hour. If you want more, there's lots more at AnimalRadio.com. We're streaming 24-7 over there. And remember, please spay or neuter, don't declaw, and adopt from your shelter. We'll see you next week for more Animal Radio right here from this fine station. Have a great week, and go give your pets a big old hug from us. Bye-bye. This is Animal Radio Network. Hey gang, it's Hal from Animal Radio. This hour of Animal Radio is a replay of a show that we thought was pretty awesome. We hope you think so too. We hope you enjoy it as much as we did. Remember, there's fresh Animal Radio at AnimalRadio.com. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. And welcome back. Another very, very full show. 
from Just Shoot Me. No, not David Spade. Uh, <laughs> you know who played Nina Van Horn? Wendy Malick. She joins us today. She is a big-time animal lover, and uh, she's actually presenting at the Genesis Awards, which happened, but they're going to be on TV, all the details today. Also, it's that time of year when your pet is shedding like crazy. I know they are here at the studios. Oh, there's hair all over. Why not make something out of all that hair? Yeah, next time you brush your cat or dog, save the hair. What a great idea. For a sweater, maybe? Wintertime? Uh, details on the way. Also, sad news to report from Reading, Pennsylvania this week. Uh, there have been several pit bull attacks, and that combined with the Michael Vick case has brought the pit bull uh, to the forefront recently. Uh, that's not good. I think to, I like to think of myself as fairly well informed as far as uh, as animals go, at least, because mm-hmm. that's my job. Uh, but I didn't know until recently that in 1989, the Denver City Council enacted an ordinance making it unlawful to own, possess, keep, exercise control over, maintain, harbor, transport, or sell within the city any pit bull. And uh, that was, of course, defined by Denver as any dog that is an American pit bull terrier. Back in 1989? That was 1989. I don't know if that's been overturned or not. I'm going to find out in just a second. We have on the phone with us author of The Pitbull Placebo, The Media, Myths, and Politics of Canine Aggression. This is, to me, the only comprehensive writings on the subject. We're happy to have author Karen DeLise on the phone with us. How are you doing? Pretty good, thank you. This is a, a topic that's really just starting to come to light in the mid-core media. Is this Denver Act still on the books? Absolutely. So anywhere in Denver you can't have a pit bull, is what you're saying? Nope, not at all. Okay, <laughs> well, this is very strange. Now, I've always thought it has nothing to do with the breed. It has all, everything to do with the owner or the guardian that's raising the animal. Well, the book is about how um, certain breeds of dogs have acquired certain reputations over the last uh, century and a half. And the role that uh, the media and rumors um, have played in these reputations, and more recently the role that politicians have played in dogs acquiring these ferocious um, reputations. These reputations are fairly undeserved. Well, yeah, because, um, you know, each uh, generation or so, it's it's another breed of dog. And um, so, and it's... There's this image that we like to have of, of the super predator, and it, it's fed into by many different means. Um, it's fed into by the, the media, by the portrayal of dogs as vicious, by certain people acquiring them because they buy into this uh, image. And then, of course, what they do is um, they, they want their dogs to behave this way. So they um, encourage this behavior. So it's kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy. And they could do this with a chihuahua if they wanted to, right? Absolutely. You can do it. You know, all dogs are predators. Um, They're all descended from the wolf, a direct descendant from the wolf. Um, And, you know, there's this perception that, you know, there's this huge difference in breeds and that pit bulls are uniquely different from other breeds of dogs, which is the basis for all these breed bands, which, of course... Um, dog people know that that that's not true, mm. but um, you know the public uh, buys into this when they're constantly assaulted w- with these pit bull stories, and when the politicians are out there and they're constantly saying these um, outrageous things about pit bull behavior, um, and they're not qualified to speak of it, but that doesn't usually stop them. 
And so this image is created and um, it becomes conventional wisdom that really isn't wisdom because it's only based on rumors and so myths. The actual breed ban itself perpetrates the, the, the false rumor. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because now you go, wow, you know, um, even some experts say, well, look, you know, all these cities are banning them. There has to be a reason. Mm -hmm. um, there has to be a reason why a city would ban a breed of dog. And But when you actually look at the data that they used or that the claims that they made, um, it's, it's outrageous. It's just people who don't understand canine behavior reading the newspapers and interpreting it as being a behavior exclusive to pit bulls. And they usually use media, uh, the newspapers, to back up their claims that, see, this dog is dangerous. Look at all the articles in the newspaper. And um, it's, it's really, when you look into how these breed bans are passed, it's really very scary. Um, it's very um, disconcerting to see that laws can be passed on, on rumors. Mm -hmm. Sure, and I'm sure politics, but... I think that it would be safe to say that uh, 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 you wouldn't outlaw Smith & Wesson guns but allow every other gun uh, just because Smith & Wesson is uh, used more, used more often. Yes. Right. What, what is the list you're looking at there in the book, Judy? I'm looking in the back of the book, and you have a list of dog attacks that were reported in the U.S. newspapers from 1960 to 1975. And just glancing through those pages of it, I see the majority being German shepherds. Yeah, that's and I don't what I really, thought. I don't I, see any pit bulls in this from list a different at generation. All. It seems like the German shepherd was the dog during my early young teen days. And Dobermans, I think, were at one time. So, and they, so they go through a different kind of a transition through the generations. What's happening there? Yeah, there's cycles. Um, you know, this is the, the pit bull is the sad breed today. It's a sad, bad dog. You know, 30 years ago, it was the German Shepherd and the Doberman and the Great Dane. And prior to that, um, back in the 1800s, it was the Bloodhound. It took, it took decades for the Bloodhound to lose its ferocious reputation. Um, and it took the German Shepherd. The German Shepherd is a little kind of um, unique case because um, they, Rin Tin Tin, which I go into in the book, had a meteor kind of turned around the image of the German mm -hmm. Shepherd because they were used in positive functions, meaning a search and rescue, police work, the military, and of course, Rin Tin Tin. And Buddy, the first C&I dog, was a German Shepherd. So um, that really helped the German Shepherd steer away from becoming um, this vicious super predator that the pit bull is now viewed as today. And, and that's, that's what the book is about, how the media sometimes can twist or turn, uh, you know, perceptions about breed viciousness by what they choose to print and what they choose to advertise or who their, who their canine heroes are at the moment. The book is called The Pitbull Placebo, The Media Myths and Politics of Canine Aggression. The author, Karen DeLees. Can you get this just uh, at any bookstore, I would imagine? No, actually, oh, okay. it, was, yeah, it was just released uh, about three weeks ago. So right now it's on Amazon. Uh, dot com. Okay. Or you can get it on my website, which is uh, www.fatal And we'll put a links to those uh, at animalradio.com, of course. Uh, the Pitbull Placebo. I have 10 copies to give away right now 1 866 405 8405. If there's one message, Karen, that you can leave our listeners with other than pick up my book. Um, a dog is a dog. Um, and, you know, you're, the owner decides what they're going to be. If they're going to be a companion animal, a guard dog, um, a danger to the community. Uh, the owner decides. He picks what dog, uh, what breed he chooses, and then he also decides uh, what the function of that dog will be. And we have to remember that. 
Great words. Great yes. words. Karen DeLees joining us on Animal Radio. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. We encourage your comments, 1-866-405-8405. Or if you just have a question about your pet. In fact, we'll go to the phones in just a, just a couple of seconds here. I want to remind you, Just Shoot Me's Wendy Malik joining us in just a couple of minutes. Which line should we go to, Judy? Let's go to two. Hi, Animal Radio. Who's this? Hi, it's Sonia. Hi, Hi Sonia. Hi, how are you? Very Good. well. You have a question for us. I do indeed. I just was curious to know... How Where are you, you calling would... from? Are you calling oh. from England? No, well, I'm, I'm actually calling from um, from America. From America? Yeah. Are you? Uh, do you live here in America? Yes, I do. Okay, where? In Virginia. In Virginia. Where in Virginia? In Charlottesville. I understand there's a very good school there. There is? <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, you don't go to college. I, oh, you mean UVA? Yes, University. Yes. I'm sorry. I thought you just meant local schools. <laughs> no, yes, there is. <laughs> okay. Now that we got that cleared up, what? now what's your problem? You have a dog, right? Well, I have a dog, but I have a question about um, cats coming into my yard and digging up the garden and whatnot. How, how would you deal with that? Not a lot you can do. Unfortunately, I wish people wouldn't let their cats roam free. Yeah, I think they do in this neighborhood all the time. Yeah, it's, it's not good for the cats. I don't think people should do that. But use just regular cayenne pepper. Oh, okay. You, well, you can put that around your garden if you want to keep them out of your garden. Like the rose bushes and yeah, whatnot. Yeah, that or even citrus peels. Save your citrus peels and put it around the garden and stuff, and that'll help keep it out. Oh, and okay. You know, I know most cats get on cars, too, because when you come home, your car's nice and warm and the cat curls up on it. There's not a lot to do about keeping them off your car unless you keep it covered. Unfortunately, if people are not taking care of their cats and keeping them, you know, under control, then... Well, it's probably pretty commonplace there in Virginia, huh? Pardon? This, this is probably pretty commonplace there in Virginia, huh? People What's letting common? their cats just roam around. Oh, they do. Cats and dogs. A lot of, do you have a big prob- a stray problem? A lot we of stray animals? No, we don't. I haven't seen any that look like they're strays. They all belong somewhere, have little tags on them. Uh-huh. People are just letting them letting them loose and come in and out and stuff. That's just that's not good for the cats, especially if you're out in a rural area. There's so many other dangers out there for them. I know, like um, all the... Foxes. Do you have foxes in your area? I don't know. It was the first thing that came into my head. <laughs> okay. Okay. That well, was my question. Thank you for calling. Well, thank you for having me. Hold on. Hold on, on one second. Oops. Oh, wait. Who's that? Is That's there... my talking dog. What's your dog's name? Cabo. Boy or girl? Boy. Boy. Okay, Cabo. We'll load Cabo down with a doggy package. Oh, well, thank you. He gets a lot of those these days. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> Thank you. Hold on a second. 1-866-405-8405. It's Animal Radio. We'll be back with more. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. In this sometimes stressful world, what could be more calming than playing puppies? Nothing, according to Lisa Brady and her husband, who came up with the idea for a website that carried nothing but playing puppies. They created playing-puppies.com, a free website created to give stressed out people a little break from their busy days from the joy of watching puppies play. 
There are new videos of playing puppies and some adult dogs every day, and you can send in your own puppy videos. Brady says, if by watching our videos, one person each day laughs out loud when they need it the most, then playing-puppies.com has served its purpose. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. Buddy, don't do that. Don't worry, lots of dogs eat grass. Didn't you hear? Dogs can get worm infections from eggs and larvae in the grass. Those parasites can even infect humans. I know, that's why I give my dog Safeguard K9 Dewormer twice a year. It's a safe and easy way to eliminate and prevent the major intestinal worms that infect dogs and to protect my family against infection. Where can I find out more? Just visit www.safeguard.com. That's S-A-F-E hyphen G-U-A-R-D dot com. Every once in a while, there comes along a special group of animal lovers that stand strongly in defense of the voiceless. Animal People is that newspaper for people who really care about the animals. Animal People's published ten times yearly. The publisher is a nonprofit corporation dedicated to exposing the existence of cruelty to animals and to informing and educating you so that animal lovers worldwide can eliminate such cruelty. Your subscription is $24 a year and is 100% tax deductible. Get Animal People's fair and accurate investigative reporting from the industry watchdog. Visit our website at www.animalpeoplenews.org. That's www.animalpeoplenews.org to subscribe to the news for people who care about animals. Animal People. Subscribe today at www.animalpeoplenews.org. Hi, I'm Jay Moore, and as a sports fan, I can tell you there's nothing quite better than spending a day in the park playing catch with a beautiful lady. Like Shirley, my dog. Listen, adopt a pet. They are the most loyal companions you will ever have. Visit Pets911.com or call 1-888-PETS-911. Hooray! For more information, go to Pets911.com. Proud to be a partner of Animal Radio. You want to keep a secret from your dog? It's the new fish sticks from Canine Caviar. They're good for your dog's teeth, gums, and also his achy joints. And fish sticks from Canine Caviar are 100% natural, completely digestible, and contain no chemical preservatives, additives, or fillers, and they're low in calories. But don't tell your dog that. All they care about is that they taste good. Get your dog fish sticks at CanineCaviar.com. That's www.caninecaviar.com. PetGadgets.com. If you're looking for innovative and high-tech pet products, PetGadgets.com. Unique and high-tech products that you won't find at your local pet store. PetGadgets.com. Find the latest products that will make life easier for you and your pet. PetGadgets.com. Everything from massage beds to a remote-controlled tennis ball launcher. PetGadgets.com. Be top dog in your neighborhood. Shop at PetGadgets.com. Hey, gang, it's Hal from Animal Radio. This hour of Animal Radio is a replay of a show that we thought was pretty awesome. We hope you think so, too. We hope you enjoy it as much as we did. Remember, there's fresh Animal Radio at AnimalRadio.com. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. Hi, Victoria. Hi, Hal. Yes, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Especially excited to speak to you because every day I take my uh, 
one of my calicos out outside. I have to take her outside. <laughs> this is how hairy she is. And I brush her, and the hair goes flying everywhere. I try to collect as much as I can. And every day, of course, I end up throwing it away. And I'm saying, oh, this great fur, this great, wonderful calico fur going to waste. But then here I am. What was it? Uh, Jay Leno. We were uh-huh. watching or something like that. Yes, it was Leno. What you do is take the fur from your pets and make it into, what, a yarn? Right. We make it into a nat- natural yarn that's 100% your pet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, I'm going to ask you, how did this all start? Tell me from the very beginning. Well, the very beginning was I received a chow puppy from my husband for our anniversary. And I would brush her. And basically like your cat. Um, whenever I brushed her, the, the fiber was just so beautiful that came out in the brush, I couldn't bear to throw it away. So I started storing it in a shoebox. Mm-hmm. And my husband says, what are you doing? And I said, I just, I can't throw this away. I'm going to learn to spin and I'm going to make a boo-boo sweater. <laughs> so the next day he went out and he bought me a spinning wheel. And that is exactly how it started from that day forward. And was that your first uh, first time on a spinning wheel? That was, yeah, seven years ago. Since then, you've, uh, I guess you've probably made all kinds of clothing. Oh, yes, yes. We don't recommend canine fiber for sweaters. As I found out, it's 80% warmer than wool, so it's like wearing an electric blanket. Ooh. Wow. Yeah, but I have a beautiful cardigan that when I go back home to New York, I wear it as a winter coat. People would say I'm allergic to my pet or, you know, my cat or my dog. I couldn't wear or have something around me. What do you do to the wool or to the, to the fur? We actually have a patented washing process that I have developed over the years, and it actually removes the enzymes that cause the odors and allergies. People, very, very few people are actually allergic to the fiber that smell. Uh-huh. Um, pet fiber, all mammal fiber, fiber is made of keratin. It's the same as your hair, um, the hair on a woolly mammoth. I mean, it's all the exact same construction. It's just different diameters. So some people will maybe feel that their yarn is a little bit scratchy. Maybe they have very, very sensitive skin. Um, I have some beautiful Samoyed items made. Uh, from a puppy coat, which is very, very fine. And I take it to shows, and you'll have some people go, oh, my God, that'll put cashmere to shame. <laughs> and then you have other people go, oh, that's scratchy. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it's a personal choice. It's a personal preference. Not all the yarn is suitable for garments that you would wear, um, but it's a wonderful keepsake. You can make, you know, wall clocks, wall hangings, pillows, um, pettable frames, wonderful ways of keeping your pet in petting distance. I love it. I love it. Now, if uh, if we make clothing, are you able to wash it, or is this something you just don't want yes. to do? Yes. All of our yarn comes with a little care flyer that gives you suggestions as far as um, how to work with it, if you're going to work with it yourself, and it comes with washing instructions. We always recommend professional dry cleaning. That's what I do with my items. Um, but it can be hand-washed just like you would a cashmere sweater. Okay, now you make the yarn. You don't actually make any clothes. Ah, uh, well, yes, we do. We don't you make do. fitted garments. You don't make fitted garments? No, we have a whole line of what we call forever keepsakes. Uh, you can get anything from a petable picture frame, a Christmas tree ornament, scarves, hats, mittens, um, blankets, shawls, you know, kind of one-size-fit-all type things. Do they shed? 
<laughs> the, the item itself? Yes. That will all depend upon the fiber itself. If it's undercoat, uh, what happens is there's always an initial shedding period with any hand-spun yarn, and it's just the loose fibers falling out. If it's made, if the yarn is spun from an undercoat of a very fine dog or cat, um, what will happen is that the yarn or the finished piece will develop this beautiful halo, which is kind of like uh, mohair. So it looks very fuzzy and fluffy, and the halo does not shed after it comes into full bloom. What's the strangest fur you've been requested to make yarn out of? We are very proud to say that we have actually spun Bengal tiger. Wow. It was a lady. It is. His name is Tristan. Um, it's her pet, and she brushes them every day. And she sent it to us, and we spun it into yarn for her. How much do you charge for something like this? The basic charge is $9 per ounce, and that's for sport weight yarn. Um, that includes everything. That includes the carding, the, the preparing the fiber, the spinning, the two-ply, the washing, the removal of the enzymes. What you get back is ready to knit and wear. How much fur would it take to make an average pillow? Uh, an average 14-inch pillow is about 10 ounces, 10 to 14. And of course, it depends whether you are knitting, weaving, or crocheting. Um, general rule of thumb that we have found over the years is that one ounce of fiber will give you approximately 27 yards of beautiful yarn. Wow. Very interesting. Yes. Very interesting. Very cool. What is your website if people want to get on this? They can reach us at www.vipfibers.com or on our toll-free line, 866-PET-YARN. I would imagine that if I... Uh, made a pillow out of one of my cat's hair that uh, uh, the other cats would attack it and tear it off. You know, it's surprising. Um, we get a lot of results. Now, basically, if the other cats don't like your one cat, they will attack it. <laughs> Regardless of what we do, the animals still can pick up the scent of the natural fiber. Sure. Sure. So if they like the pet, then 10 to 1, you're going to be fighting with them for that pillow because they're going to want it for themselves. So they're say, well, that's fluffy. That's, he's supposed to be with me. So if I have cats that are always on my bed, I can get something made out of dog hair and cover my bed, and they'll stay away. <laughs> if they don't like dogs. Now, we're always talking about great jobs in the animal world. I see on your website that you have a fiber primer position open. <laughs> yes, we do. What's a fiber primer? A fiber primer is the person that takes the raw fiber when it comes in, which is basically right off the animal, and they cart it which is a process of basically combing the fibers, lining them all up in the same direction. Uh, it makes for well-balanced, even yarn. Here's an interesting new gig in the animal there world, the fiber primer. Uh, check it out. The website is www.vipfibers.com. Of course, links to everything you've heard on today's show on animalradio.com. Victoria, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Hold on one second, will you? Sure. Coming up next, from Just Shoot Me, Nina Van Horn, Wendy Malik joins us right here on Animal Radio. Don't go anywhere. Hi, this is Jamie Farr, and you're listening to the Animal Radio Network. And remember to spay and neuter your pets. Hey gang, it's Hal from Animal Radio. This hour of Animal Radio is a replay of a show that we thought was pretty awesome. We hope you think so too. We hope you enjoy it as much as we did. Remember, there's fresh Animal Radio at AnimalRadio.com. 
Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. Coming up, more on the Michael Vick indictment. Of course, your comments at 1-866-405-8405. Right now, our next special guest from TV's Just Shoot Me. She plays Nina Van Horn and Wendy Malik. Hi, Wendy. Hey, how are you? Very well. Yes, it is. Nice to meet you. You're, you're backstage. What are you doing? You're working now? Actually, I, it's my day off. Monday is the theater day off. Ooh. And I'm up in uh, Williamstown at the, at the theater festival. I'm actually in Vermont at the moment. Just in the rain. We're looking at beautiful little countryside and stopping in at antique stores and just having a nice wet day. How sounds luxurious. <laughs> you know what? Living in L.A., it's a wonderful thing. Well, I wanted to get you on the phone because I understand that uh, there's going to be a television showing of the Genesis Awards, which, of course, happened in March, but the American Life TV Network has picked it up, and they're going to be playing it several times. Right, right. I'm so glad they're doing that. Gretchen Weiler has created a pretty spectacular thing in the Genesis Awards. She, she was one of my heroines. She and Jane Goodall, I think, are two of the coolest women and mentors of mine. And Gretchen sort of made an Academy Awards for people who bring to light some of the animal abuses and, and also some of the strides that are being made in that community, but, but um, really, really celebrating the unsung heroes out there. And she got a lot of like-minded celebrities to become activists in, in the process. Well, yeah, I see the list, uh, especially with the Genesis Awards that just took place. Uh, Bill Mayer, uh, our friend Amy Smart, uh, James mm-hmm. Cromwell, all a part exactly. of this. Now, did you pre- yeah. did you present an award at this? I present every year, and I co-hosted it one year with David Hyde Pierce. Um, but I've been a presenter every year. Yeah, I, it's uh, it's something I do not miss and would not miss. Um, animals are, as I always tell people, most of my best friends have been dogs. And horses, and now a cat. Uh, and I think that they just make us far better beings to be in the company of animals. There's so much to be learned from them. And it, it helps us by being humane, helps us all with our own humanity. So I think the way we treat animals is a great mirror to how we're treating each other, and, uh, and always should be. You say a cat now. Uh, so are you a dog person, cat person, both? Always was. No, I grew up, uh, my older sister was a collie named Bonnie, uh-huh. and, uh, and she was my best, best friend. And my parents could leave me for hours in the yard with this dog who really was like Lassie. And we never had cats as kids, so I was always a little spooked by them. I didn't quite get them, and I do speak dog. Um, I'm very conversant in dog, but did sure. not have uh, the cat vocabulary. Uh-huh. We were given a cat years ago. Uh, friends who had to leave their home and go to New York gave us uh, a cat for the summer when I was living in California. And lo and behold, I started speaking cat. I started to learn it, and we now have one of the coolest cats. Even people who don't like cats love Woody, this 17-year-old remarkable scruff of a cat that we have. Um, <laughs> he, he defies the odds. He lives out in the Santa Monica Mountains and has somehow survived coyotes and hawks and rattlesnakes and, and various creatures and uh, is an outdoor cat. I mean, wow. he comes and goes as he pleases. He's white with ginger spots and there's no reason why he should still be around, but he is. Can you touch him? Absolutely. He sleeps next to me, but then goes out corrals at night and usually brings back like the foot of a mouse. Oh. <laughs> A Just a bleed or something is an offering, but we haven't had any any mouse problems. <laughs> yet, so. There is that. 
Well, you know, I wanted to tell you about Kyle Orent. Probably about nine years old now. He should be about, about nine, nine. Yes. Last summer, he sold lemonade to the tune of $20,000. Oh, I did hear about this kid. Yeah, and uh, he gave it all to Canine Companions for Independence. Yes, that's brilliant. I heard about this kid. That is absolutely wonderful. In fact, I think, we did we do something about him and... At the Genesis Awards? I'm not sure, but I either, either that or I read something about this kid. I, I asked him, what do you want to do next? And he said, I'm going to get collars, dog collars signed by celebrities and then auction them off on an eBay charity auction. That for great. Can That's we send you some idea. collars? Absolutely. Okay. It can be it's sort of like the clothes off their back. You know, we do this after the Emmys and the Oscars now. Jane Kazmarek and Brad Whitford came up with this great idea. We never wear the same dress twice that you wear to, like, one of those red carpet events. Uh-huh. So now they ask the celebrities to donate the dress after the event, and they put it on eBay, and all the proceeds go to charity. Oh, wow. So this is a really smart idea to... Um, yeah, I mean, I can't. I, there are certain colors I couldn't part with after I lose. Well, no, the we actually you do it. We do. Oh, you just send them and let us sign the collar. Yeah, we it. have a, a bamboo who makes an awesome collar, and we'll actually put a couple in there for you for keeps there. Oh, but, definitely. Uh, I'm happy to send one to, or a few to Orange. And then just sign them and put them in an envelope, and they'll go right off to Kyle. And uh, I think he's going to start this in the next month or so. Is that yes, correct? Yes, yes. The next few weeks he'll be doing Good the auction. Good for him. Yeah, and then somebody can do a piece about this, and then he can get a Genesis award. I gotta tell you, when you teach kids at such a young age to love animals, it means so much because you hear about all this, uh, especially in the news this uh, last week, about the dog fighting. And oh, it's horrible. Oh, I know. It, it's just sickening. And, and to, to, well, and so much of what they learn in video games and all that stuff is so violent and so it's about pain and humiliation, and it's the opposite of the things you want to instill in kids. And that's why I think it's so great that this year, you know, so many, we have so many wonderful. Uh, nominees for or even in our feature category and it used to be hard just to find one feature film that had some animal rights issues woven through it and now we had i think we had nine nine nominations in the feature category and oftentimes they're animated films where kids are going and learning things you know there was open season and over the hedge and hoot and um you know it's really been quite extraordinary so kids are getting the message while they're being entertained and it starts at a very young age, which is so great. No, the Genesis Awards, which I wanted to mention, uh, several airings on American Life TV Network. Of course, we'll list this at the website, animalradio.com. I guess I wouldn't be giving away too much because I do have this press release here. Can I mention some of the some of the awards? Oh, absolutely. Okay, yeah, because this awards are it already it already happened. The ones that we gave out, and um, absolutely, and, and I'm sure you're going to talk about the Weiler Award, which is of course named after Gretchen Weiler, who passed She's recently. The one who yes. came up with all this. She just. She died a couple of months ago, and we had a memorial service for her right before I came up here to Massachusetts to do this play. Such a celebration of her life. There were so many people there, and uh, and it was extraordinary. It just showed her as such a phenomenal actress, singer, dancer, was on Broadway, mm-hmm. and then really found that her real calling was to, uh, to spend her life trying to be advocate for animals, who she loved so dearly, and she set the bar so high, and... Last year, the first Weiler Award was given to Paul McCartney. Mm. Who is now Sir Paul, I know, which yes. makes me laugh because he'll always be a Beatle to me. And he was my favorite one, and I told my dad I was going to marry him, but it didn't work. Well, I guess he's just getting divorced. You yeah, know, he's available. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, now I've sort of moved on. But, um, <laughs> Good for you. But, but the Weiler Award is, is, was created to, um, to honor people who, as celebrities, have turned act to activism and helped to sort of spread the word because we realize, you know, we all are kind of given this this microphone. People are constantly wanting to know what we think about 
how Brad and Angelina are doing. And instead of talking about sort of things you read about in tabloids, you kind of have an opportunity to say, you know, that's not really my business, but I would like you to be aware of the fact that there's still dog fighting going on in this mm-hmm. country, and it's really mm-hmm. heartbreaking and so so cruel and so unnecessary. So there are these chances for people who who are in the spotlight to really uh, help other people become conscious, and that's what this award is about. The Gretchen Weiler Award going to Sir Paul McCartney. The other awards uh, include the reality programming, of course, which is very big, yeah. extreme makeover of the DF family, who transformed their home into an animal shelter. Right, which well. is wonderful. I'm not real big on reality because I like make-believe so much, but yeah. I think that one was, was particularly good. <laughs> and briefly, before we let you go here, speaking of what you're doing, The Hill, I understand, maybe picked up or has been picked up on ABC. Well, we're, we're sort of in that limbo, but there's still life in it. It's a really wonderful show, and I hope that ABC decides to do it. We're sort of on hold. I picked up the option to hold us, and we'll see probably by, I would imagine, sometime in the fall, but it's a comedy about Washington, D.C., and how nobody's talking to each other. Have you noticed? Uh-huh. So I play a Democratic liberal senator from New York, not that one. And uh, <laughs> and my counterpart is a Republican conservative former astronaut from Arizona, and it's about our two staffs and and how they collide and fall in love with each other, of course, and, um, and just hopefully could be a really great political satire that could incorporate some of the sort of pressing issues of the day, but in a comedic way where my, my belief over the years has been, I think All in the Family did more to get people talking than almost any single show on television. Really? Yes, yes absolutely. So my hope is it's time for another politically funny and smart show where it might get people to sort of see the folly of their own ways because we're all so entrenched in our point of view that we don't really talk to each other anymore. No, no. We have to start. It's getting. It's time now, you know? Yes, it is. I agree 100%. Should we be looking for you in anything else that's keeping you busy? Actually, um, I just got off the phone with my agent and I can't tell you, but hopefully yes. Okay, fingers <laughs> crossed. Uh, yeah, fingers crossed. And I'm doing a play up at Williamstown, the theater festival up here in the Berkshires. I'm doing Blight Spirit, which is so much fun. So we're in the middle of that right now. Well, it sounds like you're keeping busy. We appreciate all you do with them. Oh, thank you for you guys. Thanks for being on the air and just uh, keeping the conversation going. Thanks. Wendy Malik, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you, guys. Keep bringing me home. It don't matter what I want to do. It's going on the tongue. Life keeps bringing me back to you. Hi, this is Sheena Easton on Animal Radio. Please stay and neuter your pets. It's so important. If there's one thing that Fido loves, it's a ride in the car during your errands. While riding in the car may be fun for them, it can be dangerous if your pooch isn't safely secured. For a safe and easy way to buckle up your furry friends, check out Kurgo's line of innovative products, which are convenient for owners and secure for pets. Available at select pet smart and local pet stores or visit www.kurgo.com. That's www.kurgo.com to find your local dealer. This is Animal Radio Network. Buddy, don't do that.
Don't worry, lots of dogs eat grass. Didn't you hear? Dogs can get worm infections from eggs and larvae in the grass. Those parasites can even infect humans. I know. That's why I give my dog Safeguard K9 Dewormer twice a year. It's a safe and easy way to eliminate and prevent the major intestinal worms that infect dogs and to protect my family against infection. Where can I find out more? Just visit www.safeguard.com. That's S-A-F-E hyphen G-U-A-R-D dot com. Every year, there are thousands of pets and animal shelters across the country just waiting for a loving home. I'm Bill Mark with a very simple message. If you're thinking of getting a pet, please adopt. To easily locate your closest place to adopt, call Pets 911 toll-free at 1-888-PETS-911. It's easy, it's free, and it gives a pet a second chance at life. This public service announcement has been made possible by Animal Radio, a proud partner of Pets911.com. Fido-Friendly Magazine. Perhaps you can do without it, but for kibble's sake, think of your dog. At last, a voice for us traveling canines. Until now, few have taken mobile pooches seriously. After all, who appreciates warm shelter and a comfy bed more than a dog? Fido-Friendly, the travel magazine for you and your dog. A quarterly guide to Fido-Friendly accommodations in the United States and Canada. Because if Fido ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Subscribe at FidoFriendly.com. Your dog will thank you. Angel's Eyes Tear Stain Eliminator, the first tear stain product to be formulated for dogs and cats. Angel's Eyes is a permanent solution to tear stains working from the inside out. Angel's Eyes is added to your pet's food or water, preventing the stain before it can begin. Angel's Eyes is perfectly safe to use. It is made in the USA of USA ingredients containing no dyes or wheat. Angel's Eyes is 100% guaranteed when used as directed. See for yourself. Go to www.angeleyesonline.com and check out the results. Angel's Eyes will have your pet going from tear to clear in no time at all. Hi, this is Shelley Morrison from Willing Grace, and I'm on Animal Radio. Please spay and neuter your pets. Please. Hey gang, it's Hal from Animal Radio. This hour of Animal Radio is a replay of a show that we thought was pretty awesome. We hope you think so too. We hope you enjoy it as much as we did. Remember, there's fresh Animal Radio at AnimalRadio.com. This is an Animal Radio News Update, made possible by the Simple Solution Natural line of 100% biodegradable pet care products. Is there dog fighting in your own neighborhood? I'm Hal Abrams. Last week's indictment of NFL quarterback Michael Vick on charges related to dogfighting, while it brought national attention to the extreme cruelty of this criminal industry, concerned citizens in every community can take steps to identify and report the presence of dogfighting in your own neighborhood. Here's some telltale signs. If you notice an inordinate number of dogs, often pit bulls, kept in one location, chained and apparently unsocialized, also signs of the obvious presence of a fighting pit, perhaps. Uh, dogs with scars on their faces, front legs and stifle area, that's the hind legs and thighs. Or how about dogfighting training equipment such as rawhide or tires hanging from trees or even treadmills. If you notice the remains of dead fighting animals outside a suspicious location or a large number of missing pets, individuals involved in dogfighting are known to steal cats and smaller dogs for use in training. Or perhaps you notice unusual foot traffic coming and going from this location at odd hours. These are all signs that perhaps there's some dogfighting going on. Pit bulls can be really wonderful family pets, but when they're mistreated by irresponsible owners, they can become so damaged that they're dangerous. Now, the Humane Society of the United States is offering a standing $2,500 reward for any information leading to the conviction of illegal dogfighting. They've also urged the NFL not to allow Vic to play while these charges are pending. 
and they've pressed Nike to end its association with him until the case is resolved. Get the latest news at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update, brought to you by the Simple Solution Natural line of 100% biodegradable pet care products. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. Earth-conscious consumers have an eco-friendly choice in pet care. The Simple Solution Natural line of 100% all-natural pet products, 100% biodegradable training pads, biodegradable even by California standards. They'll biodegrade faster than an orange peel. Also, Simple Solution Natural Pet Stain and Odor Remover, a great alternative to harsh chemicals found in traditional household cleaners. Simple Solution Natural, based on a way of life. Find Simple Solution at Petco, PetSmart, or your local pet retailer. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. And there's no doubt you've seen all the bugs in your garden, on the lawn, as summer kicks in. Lots of little lives out there, and Rayanne Cumulos takes on the ladybug. Welcome to Voice of the Animal. Have you ever noticed how sometimes certain animals or insects tend to gather around you? If we pay attention, there are so many different creatures that we encounter every day that appear to be asking us to consider their presence. Ladybug has been doing just that recently. She is constantly needing rescued from the pool, seems to magically appear on every blade of grass or flower around, and consistently finds her way into the house, only to sit on the windowpane cheerfully waiting for a gentle escort back outside. Apparently, Ladybug is in need of some attention. Probably the first thought that comes to mind with Ladybug is that horrid poem. Ladybug, Ladybug, fly away home. Your house is on fire. Your children will roam. Except little Nan, who sits in a pan, weaving gold laces as fast as she can. Now, this is not a happy story, but certainly one we all know. It's believed to have originated in medieval times, when to clear the fields after the harvest, farmers would burn the remaining hop vines in foliage. The ladybugs and their larvae could fly or crawl away, but their pupae would remain in the vines and burn. Since the pupae are called nan, this poem actually makes sense and was considered a warning to the ladybugs to fly away before the farmer burned the fields. However, that part about nan finding her way into a pan weaving gold laces seems to be lost to the ages. The ladybug is actually a kind of beetle, and yes, there are male ladybugs too. As with many types of insects, the beetle, including the ladybug, must go through some sort of metamorphosis to eventually become the form we are familiar with. With ladybug, it is the egg, larvae, pupae, and then adult cycle. They only live for four to six weeks, and there can be up to six generations of ladybugs in one season. For these reasons, beetles are associated with resurrection and change. So from a psychological perspective, the presence of ladybug perhaps can speak to a need for change or growth in our own lives. The ladybug is quite beloved. Five states have named her their state insect, Delaware, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, Ohio, and Tennessee. She is quite the fashionista with those black polka dots on her bright red wings, and she is a great friend of the gardener, as her favorite food are aphids. If a rosebush were to have a best pal in the insect world, one would guess it's the ladybug. She has a long history and association with being a friend of the farmer as well. In the Middle Ages, during a time when insects were destroying crops, prayers were placed to the Virgin Mary for help. Ladybugs appeared and devoured the insects destroying the crops and were henceforth called the Beetles of Our Lady, which was eventually shortened to Lady Beetles. 
It was believed that her red wings represented the Virgin's cloak, while the black spot stood for both her joys and her sorrows. If you find a ladybug in your house during the winter, which is highly likely since she will not fly in temperatures under 55 degrees, then you are in for some good luck. If you count her spots, that will also tell you how many dollars you will soon receive. Although if she's an older ladybug, her spots may be more difficult to see since they fade with age. And if there are no spots, then that ladybug is less than 24 hours old, and I guess you won't be getting any dollars. If she lands on a piece of your clothing, then you will soon get a new piece of that type of clothing. And if you happen to be ill in France and a ladybug lands on you, she will fly away with your sickness. Once Ladybug is an adult and she gets those pretty red wings with the black polka dots, she will beat them 85 times a second while she flies. Ladybug moves fast in the short time she is with us. Perhaps that is why she wants our attention, to remind us that life is short, so put on your party clothes and fly. Visit us on the World Wide Web at voiceoftheanimal.org. For Voice of the Animal, this is Rayanne Cumulos. Well, I got to go put on my party clothes right now. What an hour. We want to thank Wendy Malik from Just Shoot Me for joining us this hour. If you're leaving us, remember there's lots more streaming live online 24-7-365. Head on over to AnimalRadio.com where you can hear us on any cell phone, any provider. Simply text ANIMAL to 27627. And remember, if you get a pet, please spay or neuter. And if it happens to be a cat... Dope to cloth. There are alternatives. And if you're looking for a certain breed, don't go to a breeder or a puppy store. Go to your breed rescue or to a local shelter. We'll see you next week for more Animal Radio right here on this fine station. Have a great week. Bye-bye. This is Animal Radio Network.